I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbeers. Thanks for tuning in to the call. Live from our Barangaroo studios, 10 stocks are picked by you. Uh, I put them to our two experts on the first day of spring today. Let's bring in the gurus. Uh, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital joins us. Good, Good to see you, Mark. How are you? David Lane from Ord Minute. How are you, mate, up in Brisbane in Very the well. flash new offices of Ord's uh, <laughs> in Brisbane? Uh, settling in well? Yes, very well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, good new environment. Yeah, and uh, did you survive earnings season? Uh, what's your take? Officially over now? How did you see it? Yeah, it was uh, certainly frenetic the last few few weeks, but uh, it overall, I think it was probably a better earnings season than what we were expecting. Um, a number of the the Australian-based businesses did very very well. Uh, consumer spending still seems to be fairly strong, and encouragingly many of the companies that reported were able to manage the inflation uh, environment that we're now in so obviously there were some some companies that didn't report as well and and got hammered by the market but by and large i think it was probably slightly better than than what we thought it was going to be has it has it changed your view on advice to clients you know earning season is truth or dare uh, with the yeah. with the companies, they got to put it all on the table. Well, did it change the way you're thinking about the market or particular sectors? Oh, it certainly has in terms of the outlook, I suppose. And, and as I said, the the report or the reports that came through were, were largely positive. But it was actually the commentary that was a little bit more right. muted. And uh, yeah, probably looking forward, um, the outlook isn't isn't as good as, as we probably know. Uh, so it does require a little bit more um, individual stock selection rather right. than uh, just having a scattergun approach. Mm. Mark, how, how did you find it? And did it did it change the way you were thinking about the market or particular sectors? Just sort of reaffirm, we, um, we've been sort of positive, well, in terms of we thought the, the consumer discretionary sector of the market, particularly in Australia, was very oversold. Right. Um, so, so this is the retailers. This, and this was the retailers, particularly yeah. things like um, Nick Scarley, one of the stocks, uh, Dares, we bought sort yeah. of into, um, into reporting season. But there was a super retail was another good one. Um, so we really went for that quality, but, you know, those really high quality companies with great track records um, right. for our reporting season plays. Uh, I think all the material sector largely, uh, you know, obviously the iron ore price is the big thing that everyone's watching at the moment. It's on fairly pivotal points. So it, it really, but they were towards the bottom of the range. We knew they were going to be big dividends overall. They're yeah. high quality companies. So, um, so yeah, look, there was, there, was a, there was a few that we got caught out by. Things like Aussie Broadband, was, the movements in that was a bit strange. Nickel Mines also sort of beat expectations on most fronts and, and the price action seems quite terrible at the moment for, yeah. for whatever reason. So... There were a few pro- surprises in price action, but broadly, you know, it was fairly in line with um, 
you know, that after after that, the patterns that happened over the U.S. reporting season um, yeah. really did reflect very similar um, across the board here, where you know where they were comparable. So, um, and we're not, you know, with the with the high growth stuff, where there was a lot of volatility in the you know in the price action and the um, and the yeah. reports, we we're, we're just not in that space at the moment. So right. that, uh, that you know. I uh, managed to save, you know, add a few years to my life, not having to stress about that stuff. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it, it's it's mainly just reaffirmed a lot of the stuff we're thinking. Oh, we'll we'll probably head to a bit more defensive. We've currently got a short Nasdaq hedge on um, overall with all the economic data coming out over the next um, over the next three weeks in the Fed meeting. So right. just that just enabled us to. Um, to really commit to our reporting So you've got that players. short ETF still? Short ETF still, yeah. We've trimmed a small amount this morning, um, but that was more so to do with the fact we were always looking at trimming around the right. 1st of September on the basis of um, it enabled us to be able to, you know, really sink our teeth into our reporting season plays and back our conviction in those right. without having to worry about the broader market. Right, okay, okay, fair enough. Um, let's uh, take a look at the uh, stocks we're going to look at in the first half hour. Uh, on your behalf, and uh, we're going to look at Challenger, Next EC, Adairs, uh, Link, and Helios. Um, stock of the day, uh, because the market's down a heap today, more than the US, and the reason is BHP went ex-dividend. BHP accounts for, what, 20% of, or a bit more of the of the All Lords, isn't it? No, or about 10, around the 10%. 10 mark, I think, yeah. So when it goes ex-dividend, and it was a big dividend, it's going to uh, drag the indexes down. Uh, shares down more than 7% in early trade, uh, coughing up the $1.75 US per share dividend. Uh, the fall is dragging the local market down 1.9%. The company reported full-year results last month, of course. Um, some pretty reasonable results as well. The uh, $40.6 billion US dollar uh, profit. In fact, uh, BHP's aggregate, uh, aggregate dividend uh, was the second biggest in the world behind uh, of any listed company behind Microsoft, would you believe? Um, so would our expert panel be buying into BHP uh, after it goes ex-dividend? Uh, David, what do you think of BHP? And look, it's down 6% today, uh, ex-dividend yep. of course. Is it worth looking at? Yeah, well, as you say, down 6% today, but technically it's actually up because the cash dividend was $2.47. Yep. When you include the franking credits in that, it comes out to about $3.52. So uh, yes, it's down by a significant amount, but it hasn't lost all of the uh, you know, the, the, the grossed up dividend uh, right. that it would normally pay. Um, we like BHP. We do have a hold recommendation on it, uh, but it is a, one of those core stocks. Pretty much every one of my clients has got BHP in their portfolio already. Uh, it's a very good business. As you said, their result was, was a good one. They've got next to no gearing now and, and a very strong balance sheet uh, and are changing their spots to some extent. They've sold off their, their oil business to Woodside and are now focusing on future-focused technology or, or commodities. Uh, so in their result, they did set aside some capital expenditure for, for more green uh, commodities. So, you know, that's a, a bit of a changing of the the outlook for BHP. Uh, it is one of those stocks that on weakness, you can easily add to it. As I said, officially, we've got a hold on it, but 
times like now where yeah. we see the, the share price down um, under $40, it's, it's probably reasonable buying if you don't already have it in your portfolio or, or want to top up uh, in, on your existing holding. Okay. So do you recommend Rio and BHP or do you choose between the two? Uh, we do, yeah. We've got we've got a hold recommendation on Rio also at the moment, um, but we've got a, a buy on Fortescue, so we do like uh, a Fortescue, buy on Fortescue. More the... Yeah. Ah, yep. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's sort of a bit against the trend, is it? Because there there are a lot of sells on Fortescue well, at the moment, a lot of holds. Yeah, yeah, they've come down quite a bit. Um, you know, on a PE ratio, they're they're sitting at um, six point three times, seven point eight oh, okay. times next year. Uh, and again, their dividend yield, similar to BHP, is is double digits. So uh, you know, paying out good dividends. Mm. Um, so it's you know, it's a sector that obviously the iron ore price has come off. Uh, yeah. You need to take a longer term view. And yeah, in in many portfolios, depending upon the size will have uh, both BHP and Rio in, in, okay. in many portfolios. All right. Uh, Mark, BHP, under 40 bucks, will you be buying? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it, uh, look, price action showed this morning. Obviously, people have ditched uh, the stock on the open. It was down about 8% or something. And yeah. It's progressively just been bought up over the course of the day. Um, they've always got a great future plan. Management's absolutely proved their stripes. Dividends, fantastic. Um, and look, their forward PE is still at 27% discount to the five-year average. Right. So, look, and uh, that aside, um, I think the uh, the outlook on China is probably the analysts have got it at, at you know the most grim that it's possibly going to get oh, yeah. realistically. Basically, so, the collapse of the property market. Well, the collapse of the, the of everything. <laughs> and, the building. and look, and I think so they're overlooking right. the fact that we've got the National Congress coming up in November. Yeah. President Xi wants you know potential lifetime re-election. Um, you know, politicians generally spend a lot of money leading into things like that. <laughs> even though I'm sure he's uh, he's not particularly worried about you know keeping his spot but the uh but <coughs> overall i think we'll we've already started to see them cut rates in the one year and the five year they've relaxed the international visitor um right. they've tabled about six different potential uh stimulus packages and i think they're i think the closer we get to that national congress date the more they're going to start pumping things out mm, um okay. as well so that's where really i'm happy to roll the dice further to david's comment about fortescue absolutely um you know the company with a great track record Iron ore, you know, we're, it really is baking in a lot of um, negativity for China, um, and oh, yeah. it's already and an iron ore price down around eighty. Yeah, so look, I really, you know, they're the lowest cost producer. Inflation's not going to affect them too much. Um, I, I really see them just being a staple of the portfolio, and as David said, it's just double-digit dividends. So. And commodities generally a fairly decent, um, you know, fairly decent holds during inflationary periods. Right. So, we're st the Fed's looking at there being no real, you know, uh, rela sort of fall away in inflation until right. early next year. So, overall, I, you know, all those factors combined, plus I mean, you can still buy Fortescue and get the dividend if you get it by Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've actually rolled out of Rio into into Fortescue, and we've obviously right. we hold BHP. So. Um, I, I, and that was one thing the BHP uh, CEO said that, you know, whilst their, their report was uh, pretty positive, um, he, he said uh, it could be even more positive if the outlook on China in, improves. Mm, okay. So, I, yeah, no, I'm very, I'm very happy to buy it um, here and, yeah, and okay. it's always a staple of the portfolios. All right. So 
So buy on BHP for new money and topping up if you're already in it? Yeah, look, I mean, now the dividends, I'd probably be topping up in Fortescue, given right. that you can probably take the dividend, particularly for super accounts, etc. So yeah. um, I think we'll probably have similar price action um, that we've had today in BHP, where, you know, you, right. the dividend plus the franking credits, and then it'll probably open low and, and, and rally out of that point. So, yeah. Um, but you just keep, you've obviously got to keep an eye on the iron ore price. Jeez, we are lucky in this country to have some global resource companies yeah. uh, in our own backyard. So no matter where you look, we are producing what the world wants at the moment and what they're short of. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to ignore the analysts on Fortescue. They were, they were pretty wrong at the top and pretty wrong at the bottom over the last 18 yeah, months. So. I tell you, Fortescue came up on the call yesterday. I didn't do the call yesterday, but Carl Capolinga went through um, the, the broker recommendations and he was saying they were so bearish on Fortescue, yeah. but he's never seen up like that before. Yeah, and they and but they were so bullish at the top, and they were so bearish yeah, no, when we were at fourteen dollars last time as well. So, yeah. I I just that's one of those stocks that I just tend to ignore the analyst expectations. Okay. <laughs> there's a bit, there's a bit of a slap for your colleagues. <laughs> oh, look, some stocks. Well, oh, Dave, David agrees with you. Some yeah. stocks are brilliant. Um, <laughs> they're brilliant at, but I think from a long term hold, I mean, you've got to hold it for five years and. You're getting nearly your own entire investment yeah, yeah. back in dividends. So, yeah. There you go, David, some support. That's right. Yeah, well, notoriously, uh, resource analysts uh, are uh, overly optimistic at the top and overly pessimistic at the bottom. Right. So, uh, yeah, we tend to, to take okay. a line in, in between. All right. Okay, let's get out of resources to the uh, stocks you want us to look at. We're going to go financials now to kick it off with uh, Challenger. Uh, financial. David Eric wants a view on this. Um, the uh, financial services group mainly in those annuity retirement products. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're, that's probably the jewel in the crown of, of Challenger. Their annuity business and obviously demographics are in their favour uh, and rising interest rates will actually help them as well with uh, annuity rates going up over time. Uh, the other parts of Challenger's business, though, uh, are probably a, you know, the, the worry. Uh, they've got a bank, they've got a, a funds management business, they've got some life insurance, but none of those businesses are, are really top shelf. Uh, they are actually reviewing their bank and whether or not they, they look at doing a Suncorp and, and selling that, that part of the business off. Uh, it's a business that we, we've got a hold recommendation on it. We actually uh, adjusted our recommendation post the result. We did have a lightened recommendation on it, but the share price didn't react well to the to the result, uh, and it's come down quite a bit. So that's the reason that we've uh, upgraded it to a hold, if you like. Right. Um, but that was really because the result was a, in line with expectations, but it was the guidance that was below expectations. So management were actually looking for. Uh, a more subdued future, and uh, and that was the reason that the market reacted negatively. Okay, so a hold for Challenger, Mark. Yeah, we this is one we we didn't necessarily we only really saw downside on the earnings report. Um, so we we basically sold out of this leading into it. Um, I thought it was a fairly harsh reaction to um, overall to to the report. It didn't seem that bad to me. Um, but obviously the market really didn't like it. Um, for, I, from a long-term perspective, I do like this one in terms of that annuities mm. business uh, and as, as David said, the aging population. 
Obviously, as well, we've had an extraordinarily volatile year. I think that I think a lot of investors may be, you know, if we if we have another look at the low at some stage this year, or inflation comes out at nine percent um, in a couple of weeks and rattles the market, I think it's going to push people into you know more stable products. Um, right. Uh, just, just generally, which is going to help mm. them, but we just don't, the funds management part, it's just been a horrible year for funds management and there's been so many horrible surprises come out of a lot of those and fund outflows, etc. So that was where we just thought, you know, where I think it was up around the $7.30 mark. We just mm. didn't really see the, you know, the risk re, uh, reward there to, to hold on to it. Um, but look, this would be something that I'd probably have a look at maybe back under $6 again um, if you know, in the event that it gets sold off with the market. Um, you know, we, we sort of seem to be slipping back into bearish mode here at the moment. Um, but I think long term is one that you, you probably buy dips on because I like the long term outlook. It's got a reasonable yield and, right. you know, as a recession buffer you and a higher interest rate environment, you probably want to be topping up your financials. Um, right. So, you know, that's it's one I'm keeping an eye on. But um, I suppose if you've got it at the moment, I, I'm just I guess you're holding it. Um, yeah. And, and, and buy, buy under six bucks. Yeah, I, I think buying under six dollars would be fairly reasonable. Okay. All right. Um, Steve wants a view, Mark, on Next DC, the uh, uh, the big data center uh, company. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's like a REIT dressed up as a tech stock, really. But, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, it's, they would hate that description, oh, look, Mark I, Garver. I know they would probably hate it, but um, <laughs> look, they've you know they've they've got a PE of a tech stock, that's for sure. So really? um, I, I, it, I really can't. I mean, it had a re- reasonable result. Um, you know, they were ahead of guidance and estimates overall. Um, there's a lot of what ifs, and I'm and at the moment, um, and there's nothing to do, nothing against the company generally, but this is sort of not the profile stock I'm, I'm necessarily looking at right. at the moment. Even in you know, even the REIT sector, looking at much more stable um, in the tech sector, we're just we're not we're sort of not considering. So some you know whatever the business case is, they've got they had some bottlenecks in um, in their inventory and uh, you know getting people set up and the lead times extended and things like that. So uh, PE as high as it is in the you know around the 500 odd mark a forward PE of 600 or something it, cool. it's it really not a lot's got to go wrong yeah. to, to be honest for this to um and you and you also they do own some really premium real estate um but even you know that the expectations for the valuations on that stuff so the REIT section of this business is, is no is probably got a few headwinds as well at the moment right. so um, it's certainly something that I think on a long-term basis is, is a very good business. And I think with the demand and the margins are uh, just ever increasing, um, it's just more the fact that at the moment, I, um, I, this is just not the profile company right. we're, we're necessarily looking at. It'd be something that um, if, it, if it got towards those lows at sort of 950, you know, we may consider it once volatility's um, calmed down a little bit. and. And rates, you know, we've got a more certain outlook on inflation and interest rates. But yep. uh, I, at the moment, it's just not not quite worth the risk for me. But they have had consistent upward, um, you know, upward revenue and sales. Um, I think their net profit, you know, net income's improving as well. Their margins are improving. So they're doing all the right things. It's more the environment mm. that, that's sort of keeping me on okay. the sidelines with this one at the moment rather than the actual company itself. Uh, David? Yeah, we, we like it. We've got a buy recommendation on it. Um, I, I don't know that they would actually be that disappointed by Mark's <laughs> description of a, a REIT dressed up, 
dressed up as a tech stock. Um, I've actually heard them describe themselves as the Westfield of data. Uh, so it, it, you know, it is that critical infrastructure. Aren't too many REITs on a PE of 50, though. <laughs> well, that's very true. Absolutely. Yeah. And they don't pay a dividend yield either. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's certainly different. And it's really one of those stocks that, yes, it's high risk. Um, you're really you're buying it for the for the outlook of the future. And it's really the sort of stock that you probably buy and put away for five years and, and just watch it, watch it build its its infrastructure. Uh, it's, you know, the share price is relatively low compared to where it's been in the last 12, 18 months. Um, but yeah, we, we like it from that point of view. They've recently okay. been making some, uh, some strategic investments. Uh, they've invested in a company called Sovereign Cloud, which I have to admit that I've got a, a holding in myself, but uh, looking at how they um, yeah, become the, the sovereign entity uh, to you know, house our data here in Australia. Okay, all right, a buy on NextDC. Um, Lucy wants a view, uh, David, on Adairs, the, uh, uh, the homewares retailer. Yes, yeah, I actually just got off a call from uh, the Adair CEO and, and CFO today. Uh, their, their result was a, a, a decline in, in revenue and a decline in uh, profit. They you know, really described the year as a year of two halves, that they had the, the first half where we're in lockdown, uh, their online sales were going very, very strongly, and then the reopening. Um, it's a business that... Uh, you know, as part of the, I, I suppose that the COVID trade uh, hasn't done as well since then, but through a number of their acquisitions and through a number of their uh, store expansions, they're, they're increasing the, the floor plate of a number of their stores. They are looking for growth in the future. Um, it's one of those retailers that's reasonably priced in terms of their, their PE is uh, about, or just under eight times, 7.8 times and dividend yield of 8%. So it's uh, fundamentally very good value. Um, we've got a hold on it though, because the the outlook for sales are, are a little bit muted at the moment. And you, we haven't found that uh, yeah, the, the demand has been as strong as when Australia was in lockdown. So probably one of those stocks that, uh, yeah, you don't, don't need to be rushing out to be buying at the moment, but you're certainly not gonna do too much damage by buying them, you'll get a decent income uh, okay. from that stock and over time it, it should should return to some growth. Uh, Mark, are these one of the retailers you were uh, yeah. consumables? Yeah. This was, um, Nick Scarley was my favourite in, in super retail into reporting season. Um, this is one that, you know, we, a few clients who wanted a bit more, you know, a bit more of a play at that consumer discretionary uh, sector over reporting season had a go at as well. We didn't lose on it, we didn't make a lot on it either, um, but as David said, the you know historical PEs you know towards the lows it yields mm. quite well. Um, I as far as buying it now, um, I think you can afford to wait until we see uh, how the macroeconomic picture plays yeah. out over the next sort of six months, and then definitely have a look at it into reporting season. Um, I think for me, I, I would prefer uh, I prefer Nick Scarley. Uh, right. Just they had. Um, Obviously, they've taken over the plush stores. Um, they, it was a very good result. Again, uh, very consistent performer. Um, 
they absorbed the plush stores into, into the business within six months. Um, yeah. You know, management's high quality. So this would be one that, you know, it's certain, I, think it's, I think it's cheap down here. I, I think you've got time uh, to buy it. I, it, I think it'll, uh, if it gets back down to anywhere near towards those lows, I'd certainly be considering it for sure. Right. Um, but, but forward looking, we've got to consider the fact that higher interest rates are probably going to yeah. affect consumer demand. And um, and I think you know you don't want to have a whole load. Of, you don't want to be overweight consumer mm. discretionary. So you probably want to be very choosy in that sector. And you know, West Farmers Super Retail and and uh, Nick Scarly would probably be as bad as would be my three picks sort of thing. And that'd yeah. be about as much allocation. But this would be very close to yeah. the, you know okay. they're very close to the list. Their margins and their net margins are not quite as good as those other yeah. businesses. So with inflation on the table at the moment as a, as a big concern, you want to go with the higher margin businesses yeah. overall. And, and you've got data sort of at that crossroads level too, don't you? But everyone goes, gee, those retail sales figures, that they surprised on the upside, but then mm. consumer sentiment comes out and you go, mm, okay, well... Uh, the analysts were a bit forward, bit too forward looking, I yes. think, leading into the announcement. That's where the opportunity was. Yeah. Uh, now that they've released their results, you know, you do have to realise that it's yeah. probably not going to be replicated again with fuel prices at two bucks a litre and and in, you know interest rates going up. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, next stock to uh, our viewers want to have a look at, Mark, is Link Administration, uh, uh, which provides administration management services for super f uh, superannuation funds and uh, that financial services area. What do you think of Link? Um, obviously, there's some corporate action going on as yep. at the moment. The takeover bid, uh, I think they've knocked back. Um, it, for me, there's a lot of uncertainty in in this in this stock generally. Um, it's not a business that's necessarily performed particularly well. Um, I'm just looking here at the chart. It, you know, it's it's largely been in a in a range for a good 18 months or so. So um, I, I'm. Nothing particularly impresses me. If the bid, if the bid gets withdrawn, or um, you know, that's obviously going to affect the share price to the downside. Then they were a slight beat on their uh, on their results overall. Um, their guidance was unchanged, so it's very hard to be anything but neutral on this yep. on this at the moment. And while there's uncertainty around you know corporate actions, etc., um, it's not really somewhere I needed to be playing. Um, overall, uh, yeah, but it's it's very middle of the road as it stands with no dividend, and I think there's much better opportunities elsewhere. Okay, so would you, if you're in it, would you take advantage of this uh, pick up with the potential takeover bid and sell into it? I or, yeah, look, I, or I'd, just hold it. I, I'd probably sell it because the risk right. reward, realistically, and I think as well, there's. There's some pretty decent companies out there at the moment with really nice yields that you can get yeah. into that the you know super high quality that probably pose less risk than this. So mm, okay. I think your cash is probably a little bit it could be better put to better use elsewhere okay. overall. David. Yeah, it's definitely not without the the risks as Mark outlined. Uh, they've they've had some uh, regulatory issues as well as the the takeover happening. And we've seen the Dian Durham uh, decrease their their price as far as the the takeover is concerned. So at the moment, uh, if it goes ahead, shareholders will get four dollars eighty one plus a dividend. So we've got an accumulate recommendation on it, uh, with our target price being that four dollars eighty, which is really around that takeover. We think there's a reasonable chance of that happening. Um, so yeah, if you're looking to to get a 
a short-term 10% return on the basis that the takeover happens. It's yeah, yeah, a good way to do that, um, but it's no foregone conclusion that it will actually go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, odds are having accumulate. Uh, Ali, uh, David wants a view on uh, Helios, uh, Australia's second biggest pathology provider, third biggest uh, diagnostic imaging uh, provider. Uh, Ali says she's a long-time holder in uh, Sigma Healthcare and wanted yep. the, uh, the panel's view on Helios. Yeah, Helios is uh, an interesting business in that it's going through a bit of a transformation. Uh, their, their key part of their business is the pathology and radiology, mm. which has been doing well. Uh, recently, though, they've sold off their IVF business, which they haven't had for a long period of time and, and probably uh, in hindsight wasn't the, the best um, the, the best business to, to go into. Uh, and they're starting to sell their day hospitals as well or, or um, yeah, daycare centres. Uh, so they've started to sell that and they've got some further sales to, to make. So there's some cash coming back into the business from that point of view. We've got a hold recommendation on it. Um, don't see its compelling value at the moment. Uh, it's got an, a reasonable dividend yield of 4.7%, but uh, you know, don't see a, enormous value in it. Um, tend to think that there's, there's probably better value in, in some of the other stocks in that sector, um, the likes of, uh, you know, Ramsey Healthcare, um, you know, is, I suppose, in a, in a slightly different sector, but obviously still in, in healthcare. And we think that given the sell-off that it's had, uh, there's probably better upside in, in a stock like Ramsey. Okay. Um, what do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, Ram Ramsey is our preferred as well. Obviously, uh, that... Um, a takeover bid's still on the table for that. Um, it seems like a pretty safe play um, and, and has, a, has an okay dividend yield. And I think the shareholders under 5,000 shares are still being offered the $88 cash, which is a pretty good when it's trading at 70. So, yep. uh, but you know, they're still, they're still negotiating there. But as far as Helios goes, it's one that um, you know, we're, we're looking at buffering or recession-proofing um, portfolios a little bit, a little bit uh, progressively over the next you know few months at least. Um, and look, healthcare obviously being a big part of that, uh, it's pretty hard to find yield in the in the healthcare sector. Helis is one that, into reporting season, just because of the way that their pathology business took off, and then day surgeries basically was shut down. Um, and obviously, the return with the with the reduction in um, in the, you know in the pathology and then obviously you know a backlog in elective surgeries we we did not want to take the chance on this reporting season on the basis that essentially the the, the accounts were at real risk of being very mm. confused if one didn't yeah. one didn't you know fall into the same period as the other so um, I think they were largely in line overall and yet pathology missed missed target and you know the um, the imaging and day hospitals beat, so we were correct in that. In that, but there's outlook is you know there's a back backlog of surgeries. They are yeah. tidying up that business and not trying to do everything all at once, um, which I do quite like. The PE is really low for the sector, um, so you know and historically very low as well. Uh, and yeah, I, the outlook's still a little bit too muddy, but it's. It's something that if it was to drop any further, we'd certainly be, be having a look at just mm. from purely from a point of view of, um, 
you know, they're, they're historically very cheap and they did improve on, um, they did slightly improve on okay. you know, net profit, I think, uh, net margin. Things. So what do we put you down as a hold? Oh, definitely, a, definitely a hold, but, but any lower than here, I, 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 I'd okay. be, I'm pretty happy to buy, just in, just in terms of just trying to have some non-cyclical right. in the portfolio. Right, but Ramsey is your preferred? Ramsey at the moment is the preferred, but obviously if that takeover goes through, we're going to have to reallocate. That, that cash somewhere somewhere else. So, right. you know, this is sort of somewhere at the top of the list here. Oh, okay. So. All right. Let's uh, recap the uh, the first five stocks here on the call. Uh, BHP, a buy from both um, uh, Mark and David at these levels. Uh, Challenger, uh, a hold from uh, from David. Um, so a buy under if it got under six dollars. Um, uh, Mark would be interested in it. Next EC, uh, a no from Mark, uh, a buy from David at Ords. Uh, at Dares, um, uh, Mark says, wait, no need to get in it in at the moment. Um, uh, Nick Scarley would be his preferred in the retail. Uh, Adairs is a hold from Ords. Uh, Link, uh, Mark would be selling. Uh, odds have an accumulate on link and Helios a hold from both, but both in this sector prefer Ramsey. Um, here on the call, we've uh, been uh, following our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by our investment committee. Uh, the last committee meeting is for you to watch on the platform at the moment. A new one is coming up very shortly. So let's check in with the portfolio update. So heading into August, um, the committee took profits on Ordinate. Um, uh, it was removed, Oz Minerals was added, and also they upped their holding in Woodside. Uh, the portfolio is up 3% on a cumulative return basis since the 1st of March, since the inception. Uh, so keep sending your um, uh, requests here into the call because that's the first filter to send stocks up to the investment committee for consideration. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets, that relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. And the next uh, edition of the Investment Committee, the latest one for September, will be live on the Ozofis platform. We'll be playing it on Tuesday. And uh, I think they've made quite a few changes to the portfolio as a result. So it will be interesting to see when it drops on Tuesday. Uh, this half hour, uh, we're going to be looking at Big Ten Can, Aurora, QBE, um, Ostal, um, and also Brambles. Uh, got a wayward R there in, in Ostal. Um, let's have a look at uh, Big Ten Can first up. David, Kyle wants a view on that. Of course, Big Ten Can is, in, uh, is a software business, basically uh, to help salespeople, isn't it? Uh, some people say it's it's like an Australian version of Salesforce. Not not really, is it? It's almost in in sales training and sales management. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of sales training and a, and really a learning hub uh, yes. for 
continuing professional development, etc. Yeah. Um, they've integrated uh, a business that they bought uh, six or so months ago, Brain Shark, into the into mm. the business. Uh, their result was actually a very, very strong result. Their their revenues were up very strongly, 126%, I think. Uh, and they're they're actually now just moving into into profit, which is uh, you know a positive for a, a tech business. And encouragingly, about 98% of their revenue is actually recurring. So it's a subscription-based service. Um, we've got a buy recommendation on it. Uh, their share price has come off quite a bit. It's down about uh, nearly 8% today, but over the last uh, six months or so, it's been sold off with, with that general tech sector. Uh, so we do see that there is some value in it, um, but it is obviously a, uh, a high risk and, and you need to uh, have that, that view of whether or not tech is the, the right sector to be in. Um, you know, I'd probably suggest that it should only be a fairly small part of a portfolio if you've, if you've got um, that sort of stock in there. Okay. Uh, Mark? Yeah, the analysts seem to like this one quite a lot. Um, I think the consensus price targets, you know, double from, from here, basically. Um, that must be, you know, it's sort of <laughs> based on very 2021 um, style analyst recommendations right. because, yeah, revenue multiple in my mind's done. Um, so particularly with higher interest, we don't have free cash anymore. So yep. that's sort of, I, I really can't see... Yeah, I'd be a seller of this one. I don't. I don't really. It's just going. There's promise for the future, um, but nothing's obviously guaranteed. Um, they you know, but whilst their revenues and things are up, their net income's still trending down. Their margins are going up. Fair enough, but I, I really don't think you need to be mm. chancing your hand with the, with a stock like this at the moment. Um, You've got uh, two-year yields popping through three and a half percent this morning uh, to fourteen-year highs. Um, so rate expectations are really up there. Yeah. You know, if we if we get a strong payrolls and a and a higher than expected inflation number, this thing will be this thing will be looking at fifty cents again in my mind. So right. I, yeah, it'd be okay. this is not this is not uh, the style company we we're considering right. investing in at the moment. And US payrolls out Friday night, Friday, our yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah, Saturday correct. morning, ten thirty. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, Hayley wants a view. Uh, Mark, let's go from uh, tech to old school. Uh, yeah, very old school. Uh, Aurora, uh, basically this is the, uh, the beverage packaging uh, business uh, that Amcor span out in uh, 2013. Uh, uh, glass bottles and beer cans and things like that. Uh, what do you reckon of Aurora? Yeah, I didn't expect to to like this. I, I mean, I, I don't mind it. It's um, historically PEs relatively low compared to the sector. Um, they've got fairly decent, fairly decent margins for for the packaging sector um, as well. You know, around about a five percent yield. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, their forward PEs not really out of much out of expectations. So. Um, I, look, I think it's probably a hold. Uh, it's not the packaging, just because of the wafer-thin margins, the packaging um, sector hasn't really, I've, I've sort of had off the radar, but I, I, I obviously hadn't seen that the price was down here at sort of $3, $3.30. So mm. uh, I think the last time I looked at it was more around the, you know, the I think the $3.90 mark. So, I, you know, significantly cheaper now. Um, they're... they're they have improved their margins a little bit. Um, supply chain issues, I think, will probably 
start to ease, but it, um, yeah, look, it, I think it's a hold for now. Uh, analyst expectations are roughly about 11 or 12% higher than here. So maybe have a look at it sort of, you know, more around the 320 or 310 mm. mark, just a little bit lower than here, I suppose. Okay. All right. David, Aurora, the big packaging group. Yeah, agree with Mark. We've got a hold recommendation on it. Uh, it was a good result. Their profit was up nearly 20%. Uh, but going forward, the business is returning to a more um, more defensive earnings profile. So we don't see that it's got a significant amount of growth. Management said that their Australian business will be broadly in line with, with what was recorded this year. Uh, as Mark said, it's got a reasonable dividend yield of 5%, but not overly compelling. Uh, so we've got a hold recommendation on it. We do have an accumulate recommendation on Amcor, which is a, a little bit more of a global business, has a bit more exposure to, to Asia. So probably be be leaning a little bit more towards Amcor if you're, you're wanting an exposure in that sector. Okay. All right. Uh, John wants a view, David, on uh, QBE insurance. Uh, so long an ugly duckling, but rising interest rates, uh, does that put QBE back on your radar? It does, yes. It, as you said, it's a, a stock that's uh, yeah, long been maligned, but uh, management are, are very solid with QBE. They've been very, very smart with their reinsurance business and been able to uh, get some reasonable margins there. And as you say, with insurance businesses, they uh, do have a, a large um, in, in, store of cash and, and store of investments that benefit from rising interest rates. So we think that QBE uh, is a stock that, that you could be buying at current levels. Um, currently, they've got a, a PE of 14 times, but we're actually expecting that their profit should increase fairly significantly. So in financial year 23, we think their PE comes down to about uh, 7.8 times um, with a, a near doubling of their, their profits. So uh, yeah, we're looking for a, a big increase in both profit and dividend from QBE over the next 12 months. Okay, so a buy for QBE, Mark? Yeah, I, I have a little bit of a problem generally with the insurance sector, just in the, in the pricing, um, generally the, their insurance risk. Uh, we've yep. obviously had you know, well more than a one in a hundred year, fires, floods, whatever else of COVID. <laughs> so, those 100-year events seem to come every five years. Yeah, now, no, it's, uh, we're, we're, we must be running off old data, I, I, yeah. I think. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with David. It's a solid business. Rising interest rates are really going to help help oh. this business overall. Um, they do have a, uh, you know quite a strong cash buffer. I, I'm probably not as optimistic on on the earnings. I'm not saying it's not going to happen necessarily, but we've, I've sort of got a forward PE you know, uh, you know, around sector average at the moment. The, the analysts are super keen on it as it stands. So, um, but there's just not not quite enough yield in it for me as it stands at the moment. Um, I'll probably wait for, for better buying opportunities. It's It's been fairly range bound for um, the better part of a, of a, of a year really. Um, so I'd be looking at maybe right. at the towards the bottom of the range. I don't know whether there's you know, any any reason to rush out necessarily and buy it sort of towards the top of the range here. Um, you know, their, you know, their guidance um, from the company was largely unchanged. So, but look, if they're, if they're getting the uh, the results that David's talking about, obviously, you know, where, you know, if, if we do see those profits increase, well then right. we'll certainly be looking at it then, yeah. Okay. 
So if you're in it, would you would you hold I, it? I think if you're in it, you hold it. Or, I right. think, but if you, it's one of those things that, like I said, I'm a little bit bearish the, yep. the broader market at the moment. So if anything that you, you're not in already that I regard as a hold, I think you'll probably get a slightly better opportunity over the over the coming month and a half, two months. Okay. All right. Uh, Peter wants a view on uh, Austal, um, ASB, the, the big West Australian-based uh, shipbuilder, builder of ferries, uh, passenger and vehicle ferries, uh, offshore wind farm vessels. Also, they do a lot for the, uh, for the US Navy in terms of uh, troop carriers as well, set up to try and get some of that uh, US defense money, uh, uh, actually set up a shipbuilding operation in the United States as well. Um, one of those companies, I reckon, Mark, that, that people don't understand how, how big it is. It's yeah. an enormous operation. It's, yeah, it's not- Tucked it's, away in Perth there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, it's, I, it's something that obviously not, a, there's, you know, there's a lot of shipbuilders uh, no. around. So. Um, I think the, uh, they've had a successful bid for a three and a half billion offshore patrol cutter contract. Um, yeah. They've got uh, an order book at a historical high of about seven billion as well. So, uh, you know, these aren't short term projects. No. Um, so I would expect this to be fairly stable, for, uh, you know, for, for the you know, foreseeable future, realistically. Um, Analyst expectations, obviously, back in July, um, it was hovering around the you know the 180 mark. Um, it's now up at uh, sort of two dollars fifty, but it, it did trade you know near on four dollars 18 months ago. So, yep. I, I think there's still some upside. They've managed to improve um, improve their profit margins as well. Um, so yeah, I, look, it it's probably it's a hold for me. Um, as I said, just on that more on that broader outlook, but it's certainly something that if it um, starts to drift off with the broader market just because of that forward order book. Yep. Um, I, I think they'll continue to continue to um, improve their margins just by economies of scale with a historically high order book. And, yep. um, and we, you know, it's not really something that, um, you know, it's not at a, it's not at a PE that's, you know, that, that uh, investors are expecting them to go and get a, you know, three and a half billion dollar yep. contract every single year. So yep. it's only around the, uh, 11.6 marks, so, um, so yeah, we, uh, I basically would say a hold, but uh, you know, I'd be looking, definitely looking at this sort of, yeah. you know, a little bit lower. Um, David, what do you think of Austel? It's a, it's a bit like the, the lend leases of the world, is it? And Simic yes. and those groups that, when, when you get a big project, it is huge. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, that's right. Uh, which, if, yeah. you, if you stuff it up, uh, you stuff up big time. If you get it right, you get it right big time. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's it. And and that's I, I guess that's probably our position that we've taken at the moment is that their US business is now in transition. So they're moving away from their end of line aluminium uh, ship manufacturing towards a steel based manufacturing, which will enable them to to deliver on that uh, that patrol cutter. Um, contract that they've got but with that it comes a lot of uh, risk in in terms of operational risk but mm -hmm. then also margin so they've basically got to retool their their whole factory to uh, to deliver on that so long term it will be a positive for them but in the short term uh, it's going to be 
as you said, a, a potential risk. So, yeah, we've got a, a lightened recommendation on it. Our target price is $2.40, which is slightly below the current price there. Currently, it's at $2.54. Uh, interesting business, as you say, and, and you know, one that sort of flies under the radar. We don't realise how how big it is on a global scale. Um, but from an investment point of view, I'd probably yeah just uh, just reduce your holding if you've got some, or or stand aside and, and wait for a better time to to be buying them. Right. Okay. All right. And our final stock, uh, David Robert wants a view on Brambles, the uh, the big logistics. Uh, company, sort of everyone thinks, oh, logistics, wise tech. Well, that's the, the tech version of logistics. Brambles is the old school chip pallet, sort of pick up the physical uh, freight and, and dump it somewhere. Yes, that's right. Excuse me, I've just got some helicopters flying past for, uh, for river fire. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, Brambles, we, we like the business. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Uh, it, it is a um, yeah, global business. They did have a bit of a, a hiccup with uh, Costco. They were moving down the path of um, tooling up to, to provide plastic pallets for Costco. Yep. Uh, and they, they brought an end to that contract uh, and, and are sticking with, the, you know, with the, the timber pallets, I suppose, sticking to their, to their core business. Um, it, it's got a very strong uh, global platform. We like it from a, a growth point of view. Uh, they're trading on a P of about 21 times, so it's it's uh, reasonable for a, a growth business. Uh, and Brambles has been, you know, a company that's delivered over the over the medium and longer term. So it's it's one that we uh, we quite like at current levels. We've got a target price of uh, $13.80, so we actually mm. increase that. Uh, following the result um, from $13.50. Right, okay. Uh, Mark, do you like Brambles? Yeah, look, I do like, I like the company, absolutely. Their, uh, their earnings report was, um, was, pretty, was, was really positive as well. Um, their net margin's one of the highest in the sector. Um, I, my, my main concern with this one is just a global slowdown. Um, yeah. it, it is quite cyclical uh, in, in terms of um, you know, in terms of yeah, exposure to the you know the economic cycle. So, realistically, I you know I'd be more so inclined to be hunting for a much higher yield and a lower PE given the macroeconomic outlook as right. it stands at the moment. But you know, super high quality business on on a long term basis. You, you you know you're probably pretty happy to hold it um, if you know if you're concerned about the market at all or if you're concerned about recession. Yeah. I. I've certainly... it, it's, it's coming out of um, border lockdown, supply chain issues, yeah. though, hasn't it? So, yeah, so that may hasn't even, been great for freight. That may even things out, but it's also the, it's also towards the top end of the range for the last two years ah, at the right. moment. So, okay. I I just I don't see the I, I don't see the risk reward there at the moment. I mean, we've we've had it. Um, I think around about last earnings report, it was down around ten dollars. Um, ah. So for me, you know, looking at that now, where it's sort of twelve dollars, I think you know, it's it's a lot closer to the highs than it is to, to the lows, yeah. and, and we and it is a cyclical business which doesn't yield enough for me, um, right. for it to be for it to be a buy. Um, so I'd be I'm more of a lighten on this one. Oh, lighten rather yeah, than a hole. I am, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, interesting, and I suppose that goes back to what David was saying. 
the start of the program too. Earnings season has shown you don't make sector plays anymore, do you? It's very much individual companies mm. and how they stack up. Yeah, and look, what I'm saying, I, I'm, li- I'm only lightning because it's, you know, it's, it's perf- the share price has performed quite well, well. In, in, yeah, yeah. recently and, and I just I don't think it hurts to, um, you know, given, given the cyclical nature of the business that, you know, it, and look, I may be wrong, but it's, I, I, I don't think I'm going to be wrong by m- much more than a dollar yeah. fifty saved, so right. it's not that much to miss out on. Okay. All right, let's recap the, uh, uh, the final five stocks on the call today. Big Ting can a... Um, a sell from Mark, uh, Ord's habit as a buyer hype, but David says um, look at it as a high risk buy. Uh, Aurora, a hold from both, Ord's prefer Amcor in this sector. Uh, QBE, a hold from Mark, a buy from uh, David at Ord's. Ostal, a, uh, a lighten from uh, Ord's, a hold from Mark. And um, Brambles, a buy from Ords and a lighten from Mark. Uh, David Lane from Ords, um, being attacked by helicopters at the moment. Uh, thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, what is it, Riverfire? That's uh, the big festival in Brisbane that's underway, is it? Yeah, that's right. On Saturday, they have uh, a lot of fireworks and they're just doing the, uh, oh. the, the practice run uh, today. And uh, yeah, so Excellent. it'll be a a big show on Saturday night. So you, you'll have the family in there looking out the office window. Prime safe. We will, yes. All right. <laughs> Mark Garner from Macro, good to see you. Anything happening outside your office window at the moment? No, no. I've uh, <laughs> been buried in my, looking at my, <laughs> looking at my screen for the last three weeks. I think it'd be nice to look out the window now. The earnings season's over. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm very relieved, I've got to say. Yeah, all right, mate. Good to see you. Thank good you for joining you. us as usual. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to uh, look at here on the call, uh, put them in an email to call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the TV handle. A reminder, you can see all the stocks in the call's fantasy portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. As I said earlier, uh, the next edition of the investment committee for that portfolio uh, will hit the platform on Tuesday. So not far away on that. Uh, coming up next, we have the small caps with the Dean and a packed afternoon on Osbys. You don't want to miss a moment of it. Back after the break.